Hey there, welcome to the Happy Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Norrie. I like to talk health and well-being every Monday and Thursday. If you are new, welcome. Please consider subscribing and sharing with people who you think might be interested in this podcast series. And a reminder, in the show notes, you'll find a link to my new book, Happy Habits for Mind and Body, available on Amazon in softback, ebook and audiobook. Here are some pretty sobering statistics about stress. 33% of us report to experiencing extreme stress at any given time. 77% of people experience stress that affects their physical health, while 73% of people experience stress that impacts negatively on their mental health. Medical research estimates that as much as 90% of illness and disease is stress-related. Stress can interfere with your physical functioning and bodily processes. High blood pressure, cardiovascular disease and heart disease have been linked to stress factors. When under stress, cells in the immune system are unable to respond to hormonal control and as a result produce levels of inflammation that promote chronic disease. Stress seems to worsen or increase the risk of conditions like obesity, heart disease, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, depression, gastrointestinal problems and asthma. And many of these diseases are in the top 10 of the most common causes of death worldwide. So stress really is the number one killer that we've been told it is. I'm very interested in stress and how its pernicious effects can literally kill us, if not today, certainly over time. I'm really interested in what role I play in contributing to my stress and discovering how mindset and behaviour changes can and will, according to the evidence, lead to better stress management and, by extension, healthier, longer lives. One of the books I read recently on the subject of stress is by Elizabeth Wilson called Stress Proof Your Life, which is a compendium of 52 different ideas that are designed to help you lessen your stress. Well, I won't go through all 52 ideas. I will point out some of the standout suggestions that really had me thinking. Now, first of all, let me point out that we are not talking about banishing all stress from our lives. We actually biologically need some stress. Otherwise, we wouldn't respond to imminent dangers when they present themselves. If we lived an entirely stress-free life, we would become bored. We'd never feel stimulated or challenged and run the risk of becoming depressed. So we absolutely need stress to function and to grow. The problem is today we have too much stress and it's literally making us physically and mentally ill and ultimately killing us. But the great news is when we know how stress impacts upon us, we can take measures to counter it. First of all, just say no. An inability to say no is a huge contributor to stress. Doing something you don't want to do, be it in the workplace or in a relationship, platonic or otherwise, means that you are giving away your agency or your control. There are few more stressful things than that feeling of not being in control. Work out what is really important to you and what conforms to your core values. If saying yes to something goes against your values or isn't that much of a priority to you, then make peace with saying no to it. It really is that simple. Quite often we become 
people pleasers because we want everyone to be our friend or we want praise. And this innate behaviour is from when we were children, but it's a high-risk strategy as an adult. Being liked sets up a hierarchy of approval or success in our minds and it sees us competing with and comparing ourselves to other people, which can lead to anxiety and to stress. The author has a great suggestion for when she starts to feel inferior to others. She asks herself, what would Nelson Mandela do? In other words, behave as your hero would behave. Be a hero in your own life. Secondly, stop procrastinating. Procrastinating is stress's best friend because when we put something off, it eats away at our peace of mind in the background. Instead, manage your time better. Devote small chunks of time to things on your to-do list, starting with the easiest item on that list. Move through your tasks one by one, just completing the allotted time to each. Even if it's only 10 minutes, it still means you are moving forward with each task. And by keeping the time period short, it means you don't get bored doing any particular task. This method is great for getting past resistance. It gives you momentum and buoys your self-confidence. And yes, it diminishes your stress. Our inherent fight-or-flight response sharpens our cognitive abilities, but chronic stress over long periods of time is another matter, as our recall will definitely suffer. Focus on what you're doing at that point in time. If you're introduced to someone, repeat their name when you meet them. If you're unplugging the iron, note your shirt colour at the time to reassure you that you've unplugged the iron later on when it pops back into your mind. The author suggests supplementing with ginkgo biloba, which improves blood flow to the brain and hence memory. Another way to diminish stress is to have a plan B. Many of us get stressed because we put so much into our plan A for our life and then we panic at the thoughts of it not coming to fruition. And when it doesn't happen exactly as we hoped, we stress out. We may even stay committed too long to plan A, say a chosen career path, because we don't have an alternative in mind. What helps is having a plan B. This takes the pressure off us and lessens our stress. Plan Bs are built on reality and must have flesh on their bones, that is, detail, for them to be legitimate stress relievers. What if my current career Plan A doesn't work out? Well, Plan B tackles that head-on by looking like a detailed plan of what I will do for a living and in what area. What if my Plan A relationship doesn't work out? I must have a plan B. It may involve moving out of our shared home, seeking new accommodation, making new connections. This shows I'm flexible and thinking of the broader picture. One of the best ways to obliterate stress is to take action, especially when out of work, because the only thing more stressful than a job is not having a job. Take control of the situation and start reaching out to contacts for work. Ask friends to define your best characteristics, which you can then tailor and add to answers in job interviews. Lack of stimulation when unemployed leads to fatigue and potentially depression. So even when we are in a job we don't like, seek out moments of joy and slot them into your day, which will fire up your endorphins, your feel-good hormones. To help you lessen your stress levels, you can find a place of your own. A quiet, soothing place that allows you time to yourself, away from all of the hustle and bustle and noise, be it under the stairs, the 
garden shed, a, a spare room in your house, just some haven where you won't be interrupted, a sanctuary just for you to retreat to and relax in. Relaxation or rest is essential for repair and recovery from the effects of stress on our minds and our bodies. The problem is many of us have coping mechanisms like smoking, drinking, eating unhealthily, all designed to help us relax, but in reality they do the opposite. This merely continues our journey on the treadmill of stress further, so we have to actively seek relaxation in our days. Punctuate your day with purposeful moments of relaxation. Every hour, for example, take five minutes to stretch, to look towards the sky or step outside. For 15 minutes every day, listen to music you love. Do yoga or have sex. Three hours each week, do an activity you love. Say, going for a hike. Take any opportunity to embrace relaxation, even if it's when the lights turn red and you're stuck in traffic. See it as a gift, an opportunity to take some deep breaths and give back to yourself, rather than ranting and raving and amping up your stress levels once more. The author prefers to use the term life-work balance rather than work-life balance, as there has been too much emphasis placed on the work aspect of our lives. It's vital we make the effort to engage with people and activities that make our hearts sing in our lives. If we do this, it arms us to be able to handle the rigours elsewhere in our lives, including in the workplace. Women especially must make a greater effort to make time and space for themselves, which is difficult if they are working mothers, but it's vital that they do. Be disciplined about your workday. Leave the office on time. When in work, only check emails at designated times. And if busy doing your own work, only take a call if absolutely necessary. Ideally, talk to others when it suits you rather than them. For parents, children absorb your stress like a sponge. But similarly, when you're happy, they're happy. And calm parents usually mean calm children. Why? Well, because stress is contagious. Even small children can pick up on a parent's tense jaw, a frown, and other physical signs of stress. Up till the age of 10, children often think they are the fault of their parents' stress, even when they aren't. So be honest with your child. Instead of shouting at them when you're stressed, tell them you are stressed and that you are going to handle it, and how long it'll take for you to do so. Quite often, children will simply be demanding some time, some attention from you, which you've misinterpreted because of your stress. So give them some of your time, whether it be a chat, a cuddle, some playtime. It may only require 10 minutes, but it will show them that you can master your stress. It educates them in the skills of stress mastering that they can apply to themselves, and the result is a much more resilient child. One key tip is when you're talking to a child, get down to their level and meet them eye to eye, as they will always respond better when you do. Remember, we're designed to have some stress in our lives. It keeps us on our toes when we need it, and we benefit from being stimulated and challenged, which in turn enables us to grow. When we are bored and fed up with life, we may not be getting enough healthy stress, it's good to feel you are competent, striving, thriving and achieving. So seek out challenges like mastering new skills. Do things that scare you. When you engage in a challenge, luxuriate in the accomplishment afterwards by switching off completely and embracing the happy hormones associated with your achievement. 
plus congratulate yourself for every achievement, however small. If you want one simple thing to do today that offers a challenge and will boost you mentally and physically while providing a healthy dose of stress but lower your levels of stress over the long term, it's exercise. Especially doing exercise, some exercise, every single day. Next up, ditch perfection, because it's not about being perfect at all. It's about being in control. The author tells a tale of her friend who ran her first marathon, but wasn't happy merely with the astonishing achievement of crossing the finish line, but she agonised over her time not being fast enough, which is crazy. So ration your perfectionist behaviour, because absolutely nobody cares if you're perfect except you. And newsflash, when you ditch perfection, you ditch stress. The alternative is you'll constantly spend your life chasing an unachievable standard and be perpetually stressed as a result. The truth when it comes to stress is that most of our stress is self-created. Why? Well, because we get some payback from it, either directly or indirectly. And sometimes the payback is worth the stress, but most of the time it really isn't. For example, you stay in a job you don't like. This is stressful, but the payback is that you don't have to face your fears associated with going out into the job market and looking for a new job and the potential rejection that that involves. So you are actually accepting your current unfulfilling job and all the stress that comes with it voluntarily. So whatever your stress source, look carefully at what choice of yours has led to it. When we recognise a payback, we amplify our sense of self-awareness, which is the first step we take to addressing our stress. Stress is other people, and there will be different kinds of people in your life. The energizers, those who bring happiness to you, the neutrals that either give or take nothing from your life, and the drainers, the users who will only drag you down and suck the life out of you while rocketing your stress levels. Maximise time spent with energizers that lift you higher and get rid of the drainers in your life. Also remember that what other people think of you is none of your business. The author talks about how stress can come from our immediate personal space. If we live in a cluttered, messy home, it can have a negative effect on us. So it's vital we take control of the chaos that assaults our eyes daily and blitz that mess. By divesting yourself of unworn clothes, unused excess and clearing up your living space, you're taking action and eradicating chaos while simultaneously tackling procrastination. When we're stressed, our digestion suffers. We experience constipation, reflux and even, in some people, IBS. Take action by prioritising taking probiotic supplements to boost gut bacteria. Also, chew your food slowly. Take a multivitamin and consider supplementing with omega-3 and 6 oils, which will help regulate hormones, especially stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, and hormones that regulate sleep like melatonin and serotonin. Treat yourself to what the author calls restoration days, literally 24 hours devoted to you and nobody else. The restoration day allows your body to replenish itself with rest and it allows you to rest your brain and facilitates the nourishing of your soul with simple food loaded with nutrients. The idea is to pamper yourself by having zero obligations and oceans of rest for those 24 hours. 
if you're facing a crisis, here's how to survive it. Don't catastrophize it. Don't be a victim. Why fear the worst until it actually happens? Every time a negative thought crosses your mind, strike it out with a positive one. Now, this does take practice. Use a mantra if you have to. On the morning of your busiest days, prioritise what you need to achieve and eliminate distractions. Another rule is always under promise, which by extension will see you over deliver. This way, the heat is off, as is the stress. Our genetic makeup accounts for about half of our propensity for happiness or unhappiness. Remember, our brain chemistry is not fixed. We can change it through mindset and perspective change. Question your attitude and behaviour when bad things happen. Determine the facts rather than what you perceive or imagine. Ask yourself, can I salvage anything from this situation? What am I learning from this? Ultimately, remind yourself that everything is constantly changing and that change itself is a source of stress. All of these things give us control in the moment over our thoughts, our actions and behaviours and alter our relationship with bad things happening and with stress. There are lots and lots of other suggestions like beginning the process of winding down to holidays a couple of weeks in advance so that you aren't a victim of the often experienced holiday flu. There's advice on good sleep routines which focus on a regular and consistent bedtime and waking time. The author reminds us that money and debt are a huge source of stress and emphasises the importance of ditching credit cards and managing yourself out of debt with expert help if needs be, plus eradicating excess unnecessary expenditure that builds up over time, like that daily cappuccino or three. We're offered advice regarding stress-proving our love lives, which simply involves investing time and energy in each other at least once a week communicating with each other, planning the future together and prioritising intimacy on a regular basis. The main message that I get from this book is that we need to take control of stress or it will take control of us. This means we have to be aware of our stressors and our role in perpetuating them if indeed we are. We must take affirmative moment-to-moment -moment action to counteract the creeping, insidious nature of stress, which for the most part will work against us mentally and physically. Armed with many of the suggestions in this book, which are very, very doable, there's no reason why we can't stay on top of our battle with stress and kick it to the curb. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. Stay happy.